This episode is brought to you by Bloat Games. Hiya folks, Old Man Grognard here. If you're looking for games that combine the classic RPG feel with the light, concise rule set of today's indie games in a variety of genres, you gotta check out Bloat Games. Their Survive This rules take a cue from the old school games of yore and combine them with a stripped down but easy to understand mechanic that plays fast and fun, giving you an exciting, thrilling game session every time. Whether it's fighting off zombies, swinging a great axe and slinging spells in dark, dangerous, creature-filled forests, riding your 10-speed bike through monster-infested suburbs, or keeping the city streets safe from superpowered menaces, the Survive This system is the one that'll keep your players coming back to the table. Check out these great RPGs, in addition to card games and other fantastic things they offer, at bloatgames.squarespace.com or at drivethroughrpg.com. Bloat Games. The worlds are fiction, but the fun is real. Abed and all hope, listeners. You're listening to Radio Grognard, the OSR podcast about stuff. With your host, Glenn Hallstrom. Hiya, folks. Old Man Grognard here. Hope you're all doing well. It's going to be a beautiful sunny day. Okay, we've got another voicemail first from Kevin at the Red Caps Podcast. Go ahead, Kevin. Hey, Glenn. It's Kevin calling in from the Red Caps Podcast. Just finished listening to Monster Switcheroo. Um, wanted to give a suggestion of something else that you can switch up with the monsters, and that is make the players think they're seeing a monster and then have it be something else. Um, you enter you enter into a dark room, the torch is casting shadows around, they see a figure in the back corner uh, that resembles a, a large humanoid figure with what looks to be a sword coming out of it. They all prep themselves for it, and when they finally get the light over, it is a pile of rubbish with an old broom handle sticking out of it or something. Um, build up the tension that way by making them think there's going to be a monster when there actually isn't one. Or uh, you know, have them paranoid about something and have it be very mundane creatures coming through. Another way to switch up monsters and switch up expectations. Um, and anyway, really enjoyed the episode. Keep up the great work. I'll talk to you again soon. Thank you, Kevin. Well, that's... Yeah, that'll work. That's more of a monster fake-out. And I love it. I mean, I've seen that in the movie. I've seen that in movies before, and it always works. Great way to, to, to kind of like relieve the tension a bit. At the same time, you can do a double switcher, a double fake out on that. Have the pile of garbage with the broom handle sticking out, but there's some sound. All of a sudden, they hear sound going on under the garbage, and boom! It's an Odiug who's having lunch, and the fight's on. So. I love the double twists like that, too. Thank you, Kevin. I appreciate that. Okay. What is your most useful die in your die back, dice bag? I ponder the question. And what is the one you rely on? I rely on the most. What I rely on is the D6. Because it's very, very versatile. It's easy to determine what happens and what doesn't happen with a d6 as opposed to say percentile dice. I mean, if you really, but it all depends. To me, it all depends on how granular you want to get. You know what I'm saying? I mean, if you want to do a percentile, hey, go for it. You know, but me, I'd rather do because to me, I always use the Gygax rule of they ask about something, I'll I'll roll a die, and I usually say like my friend Carlos has got me in the habit of saying is evens or odds. 
And if they pick right, then it's still a 50% chance. And you can do 50% chance if you want. One, two, three, yes. Four, five, six, no. And I like to involve, like Carlos does, I like to involve the player with it. Because I think it's it's great that you can go, okay, evens or odds. Or pick a number between one and six to see if it falls. Or, hmm, okay. Or you could even, I mean, I've seen, die, I've seen electronic die rollers or die apps where they one of the things they can do is flip a coin. That's a, just, just another way of flipping a coin. And that's what I'm saying. That's all it takes to make a decision with the die, with the dice at the table. If you don't want to just come up with something out of your head. And there's also the, you know, roll a die and then just say what you want and, you know, let people think what people think. You know, I, I, I'm not quite there yet. I do like, I mean, I figure if I'm going to roll a die, I might as well, you know, at least look at it and see what it says. So I like the idea of a D6. And also there's a few, you know, there's a few additions, a few retro clones out there, a few other games where, you know, it's pertinent. Like, you know, the, the thieves skills, a lot of, there's a few of them out there who, where you do it on a D6. I've seen D6, I've seen D12. Either way, it works. I prefer the D6 because it's just easy. You know, check for traps or check for secret doors. Okay, you roll a one or a D6, you find a store. If you're an elf, you roll, a, it's a one or a two or something like that. Something easy peasy. And, it, you know, it gives it gives the illusion. I'm going to say the illusion of choice here. I'm going to get in trouble for this one. But the, it gives the players the illusion of choice, which they really do have a choice. I mean, but so does the GM, really. And... It's just something you you gotta you gotta think about, and to me the D6 fits the bill for something that's you know quick and easy to do, quick and easy to 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 adjudicate. You know they don't know if you're using the die or not, and that's just you know the nature of the role playing game. Once again, it's trust between the GM and the player, and what they have to to me what they have to trust in in the GM is the fact not the fact that he's going to interpret every die roll strictly but that he's going to give them a good time and help them out. I mean, you know, they're, they're, it's funny. It's almost like GMs, it's not GM versus players, which it never should be, but it's also, also GM versus the dice or the players versus the dice. You can say what you want to happen, what would be nice to happen, and e all things being equal in a perfect world or whatever, but it's, how shall I say, it's like the dice is reality, which is totally random. And then there's you and the players who want to tell a good story and want to have a good time at the table. So that's what you're fighting against. You're fighting against reality. And... It could be real reality, say real reality, or it could be narrative reality, fictional reality, which is always the most fun. So when you roll a die, you're saying, okay, and because every time you roll a die, no matter what it is behind, the, behind that screen, when you roll a die, you have to make a decision in your head. You're going to use that, you're not going to use that. I mean, even in a combat, even in encounters, you got to do that. I mean, it's 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 a not-so-secret secret of the GM. You do have to make that decision. So do you want to go with reality 
or would fantasy and you know the the fiction be more fun i always operate on the rule of cool which is if it's cool it should succeed and, you know, if somebody makes a great big goof or a fumble or something like that, yeah, you have to adjudicate it. But you adjudicate it the way you want to. You gotta, you gotta, this is the point where you got to weigh in your mind which, is, which would be more entertaining, which would be better for the story rather than, oh, dear, I rolled that. So, and also you've got to, you've got to, as far as I'm concerned, it's the players. It's the players who are the heroes, and you and I have to adjudicate. And I'm always going to be rooting for them. So that means I'm going to t- make a decision based on, you know, not only what the story would be, but you know, these guys are being heroic. I want them to continue being heroic. If the dice go against them. Sometimes, well, well, you you know, you kind of have that happen sometimes. You can't just totally ignore the dice. Otherwise, you don't have a role-playing game. So you've got to adjudicate. It's you versus the dice. It's the players versus the dice. It's the table versus the dice, if you get my drift. But anyway, like I was going by, I, I get off on topic here. But anyway, the D6 is your friend. It is probably the most useful die you, die you have at the table. Anyway, i got to go start my day. So if you guys want to talk to me about this or anything else, oldmangrognargmail.com, or you can drop a voice on Anchor. We are monetized, so either you can give me a... If you want to contribute to the show, you can either do a one-time donation at the Kofi page, ko-fi.com slash oldmangrognard. You can give anything from $3 all the way up, however much you want to get, and that would be appreciated. Or you can... Uh, you can become a contributor here for not for as little as 99 cents a month you too can help support this program and i would appreciate it i would also like to appreciate these people who do do it on on a monthly basis jonathan oliver gilbert juan carlos daniel dan benjamin jason john allen aaron michael randy and joe thank you guys i appreciate it if you want to hear some good podcasts other than this one. There's Dan Griggs, the Young, Y-U-N-G, Young Grognard podcast. Mark C. Wall rings the Yawning Albert podcast. Kevin has the Red Caps podcast. We have Daniel Norton at the at Bandit's Keep podcast. Big John Allen Large for the Red Dice Diaries. Randy and Joe at Biggest Geekest podcast. And my friend Eric Tankar's Tavern Chat. So, until I see you folks next time, keep the dice warm and I'll talk to you later. Bye-bye. Questions? Comments? Send them to oldmangrognard at gmail.com. We'll see you next time when Radio Grognard is on the air. Mm-hmm.